Before we, before we begin the, the topic that I want to discuss today, I wanted to talk for a few minutes about the matzah we're in. There's an election, there's doubt of who the winner, and people are concerned and wondering, a lot of pessimism. Years ago, there was a guy in yeshiva who was a huge fan of Ariel Sharon. I'm not here, certainly not to knock anybody, and not either to say I'm no expert in politics. It's not really, certainly not my field of expertise, and not a field that I'm tremendously knowledgeable. I'm only going to share a perspective of how it looked to me and a particular friend of mine. There was a guy in Yeshiva years ago who was a huge chassid of Ariel Sharon. He had followed his career. Sharon was a general in the Israeli army, was a tough, no-nonsense, stand-up-for-yidden, for-the-Jewish-people kind of guy. And Ariel Sharon very much, you got a sense, would, would stand up for his people, would make no unnecessary concessions to any of our enemies, he would do what, what was right for the safety of the Jewish people. And he was known as a very strong-minded... I think, do they call it hawkish? The aggressive is called like hawkish? I think that's what it's called, is the word. And he was known to be very aggressive. And he, he was a general. You could just picture where he's from. This guy in yeshiva followed his back, followed his career, and was a huge Sharon guy. Like a serious Sharon guy. He had read his autobiography. He had read books about him. He really like, knew his stats. He knew a lot about him. When he was voted prime minister of Israel, this guy was ecstatic. This guy today lives in Muncie, a beautiful Ben and quite possibly will listen to this year. Tremendous person, a tremendous Ben When Sharon was voted prime minister, he was ecstatic. This was like the dream. I'm not here to talk politics. The reality is, is that he's the one who gave away Gush Katif. The reality is he was very dovish. He was very, very generous to the Arabs. And he shocked everybody who supported him. He shocked. Now, I'm not coming to Paskin. I just, it's silly to speak about things that you don't have knowledge of. But the reality was he behaved in very different ways People who followed him expected him to behave. Till today, nobody knows Pshat because he fell into a coma. For eight years, he was in a coma, and he died in 2014. So nobody understands what happened to the man. The man went into prime minister, and everybody expected him to behave a certain way, and he behaved very, very different than all his followers expected. He's known for history as somebody who gave a lot of concessions to the Arabs, and really was thought a lot differently and behaved a lot differently than his supporters expected him to be. I don't know the answer, but I know that Chazal tell us that kings have less bechira than normal human beings. It's a pasuk leiv melachim that Hashem says, I control the hearts of kings, and kings have less bechira than the rest of us. And I think it's an important reminder to us all that... We don't rely, we rely on Hashem, not on human beings. Do not rely on all the generous, kind people. People are mortal. And do not 
put your trust in human beings, fortune is the person that trusts in Hashem. Ashrei Shekel Yaakov Be'ezrei. Lucky is the person that the God of Yaakov assists him. Sivrei, his hopes are to Hashem. Lucky is the person, the first Haluka, whose hopes are to Hashem. Who places his trust in Hashem. Who really understands that we rely on Hashem. And that, I think, has to be an important message. No matter who wins, that certainly we have friends and we have people that appear not to be friends. And we're allowed to, and we always have to assess who are our friends and who are not our friends. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's not forget that Hashem runs the world. Particularly leaders have less choice than most human beings. Particularly leaders, and leaders we thought would behave one way, all of a sudden behave a different way. Somebody asked, and I was thinking myself, what to daven today? I'm not convinced. I, I did not daven today you should win. That was yesterday's prayer. Today, I don't think you're allowed to daven who should win, because all the votes were cast already. So I'm not convinced. I, I don't think that's the task of today. The task of today is to trust in Hashem. Concerning the election, I trust Hashem. We did our Ishtadlis, we prayed. And if we didn't do our Ishtadlis, I still trust in you, Hashem. We trust in Hashem. That is the task of today, to trust in Hashem. I, I want to share something that happened in Yeshiva with the Chevra, and then we'll get to the topic of today. I want to share something that happened. Everyone, yeshiva is a place of ideas and thinking. And Akiva Balsam, Rabbi Akiva Shlita, asked the question in yeshiva that went around the yeshiva for a few weeks. It was a very sophisticated question. And we were really, all of us who heard Akiva's question were very, very intrigued from Akiva's question. I want to share with you. The Gemara and Bracha says, and I'm going to paraphrase, that if you come to a city and a house burnt down, you can't pray that that shouldn't be my family, it shouldn't be my friends, it shouldn't be Yidden. It's a tefillah shub, it's a wasted prayer. Because it happened already. And Akiva, Rabbi Akiva Balsam, asked, now what's wrong? Like, what's the big deal? Somebody... Somebody's wife's expecting six months. They don't know what the baby is. You're not let a daven it should be a zacher or an akeva. Say he wants a girl. He can't daven it should be a girl because his wife's already expecting. It's a girl or a boy already. Let's say you daven it should be a girl. Let's say you daven I want a daughter. It should be a girl. What's the problem? The Gemara calls it a wasted prayer. Tefillah shav. Like what's the problem? Rabbi Kiva asks. Is that like a problem that it just done? Like you waste. It's Bittel's man. Or there's something wrong with the tefillah. The chazal almost sound like a criticism. It's, it's something wrong. There's a bad... He asked Akiva so intelligently, why is it a bad prayer? The question was hit home by me. Every once in a while you ask the question, it resonated by me in a powerful way. Since we lost Eli and Dani, I have very, very unhealthy thought. Every time I see police on the road, I get very nervous. And my tendency is to say, please don't let it be a year. Don't let it be my friends. Don't let it... You start praying. It's not a valid prayer. Because the accident happened. And I'm always like stuck on Akiva's question. <laughs> like, what's the problem? Does Hashem mind if I do that? Hashem, please don't let it. Sounds so innocent. <laughs> like, what's, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? But his question like resonated a lot because I related a lot to that type of prayer. When you see an accident, Hashem, don't... What's wrong with that? What did I get wrong? So Akiva Balsam Shlita asked this question in Yeshiva. 
and it went around the halls of our base mesh. We were tumbling, and I'm, if you know about me, I can't stand bad answers. If you try to tell me a bad answer, I'm going to be mad. When I say bad, what's a bad answer? People say things they don't believe. Well, you're she, and they philosophize, and they say, I, I'd rather a good question than a bad answer. I don't like bad answers. Why can't you leave a good question and stop giving a bad answer? So I'm very much, I don't accept. So we had this question flew around. No, we didn't have a good answer here. We didn't have a good answer. When I say a good answer, when you hear an answer that's true, it resonates. It's ding, ding. If it doesn't go ding, 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 don't accept the answer. Don't, don't buy in. Even if somebody's excited about the answer, but if you don't buy it, then leave the question. Too many people forget their questions. Questions are great. Hold the question for a year, 10 years, 30 years. Don't reject the question. Don't forget about a question. So here, so here, he asked the question that really like hit home and no answer really appeased me. Comes the yeshiva and Reb Shalom Rebashkin shows up to yeshiva. Reb Shalom Rebashkin, who eight and a half years in prison, was a loyalist Hashem. Remarkably, Shachris Menchemayev didn't miss one day of tefillin, didn't miss one day of talis, made Kiddush for eight and a half years. He was in a maximum security prison. Nobody knows if, you do, if you're behaving. You don't think there's a future. According to Derech Ateba, he would have been there for the rest of his life. Nobody's watching you. You're surrounded by murderers. It's a, he was in a maximum security jail. You're surrounded by people. A hitman was his roommate. Really a helpless and hopeless situation. And everybody around you feels like just a yish. There's no tomorrow. Nothing's going to ever get better for anybody around you. People just living out the string. And amidst all of that, Rav Shalom Rabashkin was serving Hashem with a smile, with energy, b'simcha. He danced Simcha's Torah. He got a hold of a Torah. He sat in a sukkah remarkably. He was serving Hashem. Nobody to see. He did not know we'd be sitting in Waterbury saying over the story. He did not, you know, he couldn't have known he would get out. He did have faith. But the reality is that he was serving Hashem. And when he came to Yeshiva after he was out, I wanted to celebrate a person who stayed loyal to Hashem. We brought him to Yeshiva. He said something magnificent. He said there's something called Amuna and Betachen. What's the difference in Amuna and Betachen? Faith and faith. What's the difference between the two things? I'm going to tell you how I learned based on a Chazanesh, but he, Rav Shalom Rebashkin, told us something else. I always understood that Amuna and Betachen. Emuna is information. You need to know three things. Emuna is the belief in the following three things. Hashem is kol yachal. Hashem's all-powerful. One. He's all-powerful. Could do anything. One, need to believe Hashem could do anything. Two is that he loves me like crazy. Hashem is crazy over me. I know it. I feel it. I believe it. Hashem, the second premise. And three is he knows what's going on. Those three pieces of information are what we call emuna. Hashem's all-powerful, nothing can stop him. He's crazy over me, and he knows what's going on by me. Armed with those three pieces of information, you have emuna. Betachon is leaning on the emuna that you have. Since I know all that, I can lean on it. I can, I can, I can rely on it. I calm myself down. What do you mean? Shem's all-powerful, is crazy over me, and knows what's going on. <laughs> and it's calm. Yeah, this is good stuff. 
Shem's crazy over me, controls everything, and knows what's going on. I'm good to go. That's betachen is relying on emuna. You cannot have betachen without emuna. Emuna is the tree, betachen is the fruit. You can't have fruit without a tree. You cannot have betachen without emuna. Emuna is the information. Betachen is when you practically rely on your emuna. You calm down, you don't get stressed and anxious because I lean on the knowledge I have. That's how the Chazanish explains Amuna and Betachen. In the Sefer, aptly name, you'll never guess it, Amuna Betachen. So the Chazanish says that's Amuna Betachen. Rav Shalom Rabashkin taught us a different interpretation. He has rayas, he has proofs to this. And Rav Shalom Rabashkin said that what happened yesterday, what happened yesterday, whatever Hashem did to me, is all for the best. What happened in the past, I went through a severe trauma. I went through a chaotic home. I went through difficult years in school. I went through a difficult relationship with somebody. And moon as if it happened yesterday, it was for the best. I might know why, I might not know why, that's Amuna. Betachen is concerning tomorrow, concerning the next minute, concerning the next hour. Hashem is not just going to do good, He's going to do the, what I perceive as goodness. There's future and past. For the past, whatever happened, Hashem knows better. For the future, Hashem doesn't want me to say He knows better and whatever happens, fine. He wants me to believe and assume that He's going to give me what I perceive as the best thing. Every day, Rav Shalom Rabashkin in jail would say, I'm getting freed today. And I have faith in Hashem because He wants me to believe what I perceive as good is going to happen. At the end of the day, he had faith that the fact that I was in jail, I didn't get out, it must be, that was for my best. I don't know why, but that was for my best. That's what he explained to us in Munan Betachem. We went, when he told us this in Yeshiva, we went crazy. Because Akiva balls him for the weeks leading up and asked us, what's wrong if I dive in after I see a car accident? The answer is you're using the wrong muscle. Before something happens, prayer. Before the elections, you pray, that's for betachen. What you perceive as the better one, you pray he should win. That's what you're supposed to do. That's called betachen, faith. What I perceive as goodness will happen. After the muscle you're supposed to tap, it happened already. But if it happened, it's all for the best, whatever Hashem chose. If you see an accident already and you're praying, you're using the wrong muscle. You're using emuna when you should have betachem. You're using betachem when you should have emuna. You're trying to say, Hashem, it happened already. Now what you're supposed to tap into, Hashem did it already, we're supposed to tap into whatever Hashem does is for the best. That's the focus after it happened. Whatever Hashem does is for the best. So that's what he taught us fascinatingly. So after an election was supposed to turn into Hashem knows best. Beforehand, you want me to hope and assume that what I perceive as goodness would happen. He wants us to pray that way, to assume that way, and then after it happens, accept Hashem knows better. That is the job and the task of a human being. I found that very, very powerful and very emistic, very truthful. Very truthful. So that's what I wanted to share our faith, to express our faith and optimism. I do not like, I find it very, very wrong. People love being pessimistic and doomsday types lines. We all have to move out of here and silly lines. Who, what give you a right to be negative? 
When, since when is negativity a mitzvah? Shem is so good to us. I'm so thrilled. Gavaldi, you know what's going to happen tomorrow? We're going to have another beautiful day, Yeshiva. You know, have the day after, even a nicer day. This winter is going to be chasnas and simchas, and guys are going to become b'nei Torah. Since when did like pessimism become a mitzvah? Pessimism is an avera. It's negativity. It's a, it's a terrible attitude. I do not appreciate doomsday people. I don't appreciate it. I think it's a horrible attitude. I don't think it's Yiddish. I don't think it's Tyradic. I think it's very, very foreign, and negativity is horrible. Why we, and it's so, it's so, um, it's amazingly, amazingly ingrateful to God. God's been good to me for 46 years. Why would I start saying doomsday thing about tomorrow? He's been wonderful. I'm friends with Ari Eisenberg. Am I, am I, am I missing something? We got Naftali Fagan to Waterbury. What's wrong with you, Kalish? It's not okay to speak doomsday things. It's not okay. Don't fall for it. Don't think it's not Jewish. A Yid makes a hundred brachas every day. A Yid is obligated to thank Hashem day and night. Since when did negativity become, you're supposed to say a hundred times a day, thank you Hashem for all the kindness. Since when did negativity become a mitzvah? It's an avera. It's not two personalities, I'm positive, negative. Negativity is an avera. It means he's not so Yiddish. He doesn't understand Torah. How can it be you're supposed to make 100 times a day, you're supposed to express gratitude to Hashem, 100 times a day? Where's there room for negativity? Reb Miller taught us all to see the hand of Hashem, to appreciate the kindness of Hashem. It's inappropriate behavior. Just like you run away from Lashnar and you put your, your fingers in your ears, I ask if somebody's negative. Talks negative talk, proverbially. I don't say literally, but I say ignore him. Please don't listen. It's positive. What are you, you lost faith in Hashem. What's with you? The same Hashem will get, let you be friends with Dov and Galob. The H is here. What, what's your problem? So I want to say that the same Hashem who's been nice to us till now, that my only prediction is that the same Hashem who's been remarkable with us till now is going to be remarkable to us going forward. That's my prediction. I stand by my prediction. And let's see if it comes true. I think I, I, this is my belief and my prediction. This one, I think CNN and Fox would both, on this one, they both would agree. The same Hashem was good to me yesterday. I just played a wonderful volleyball game. Me and Aftali, 2-0 today. The same Hashem who allowed us and gave us enjoy a beautiful day, beautiful weather. The same Rebani Shleilam will tomorrow also give us a beautiful day. The same Hashem. Prediction. That's, I want to share. Doomsday type lines and don't you realize? Yeah, of course, of course, I, no, nobody's head's in the sand. Nobody's dumb. A Yidin Gullus is a Gullus always safe. I don't think that gives an excuse for negativity. Where our people has been in Gullus for a long time, and look how robust and strong we remain. Look how amazing a people. That comes from a positive, powerful people, not doomsday sayers. We will, we will push on. We will thrive. We will survive. We will not just survive, we'll thrive. We're a good people. I don't appreciate negativity, and that won't change, not now, not before. The political rhetoric of doomsday lines, if he wins, if she wins, if they win, we all, let's all move to the desert. All these lines, please, it's not okay, Rabbi Say. Not okay. I will see you tomorrow. By the way, Rabbi Shapiro is saying she here tomorrow. No matter who the president is, trust me. 
And we'll have even a nice tournament tomorrow night. With tonight is the leagues. Tomorrow night we're going to do a different activity. The whole school. Trust me. There's Hashem. There's the Rabbi running the world. And we're going to support families and build beautiful homes. We should all be Zeichafakir to anybody. We all want the Gaulim. Trust me. But that's, that's, that's independent of doomsday sayers. There's a Rabbi who we can rely on. Emunah, betachen, faith. Little faith. Tap into faith. I was talking to somebody recently about anxiety and about stresses. The only thing in the world that's true is faith. Hashem runs the world. Hashem runs the world. Faith. Tap into faith. And He loves you. There's no faith. If He runs the world, but He doesn't love me. So you're in good shape. The one who runs it all is crazy over me. When I say it, I say it. Our job is to see it in our lives. Maybe the right friends came into our lives so we can feel it. The right people. My favorite song ever composed in Waterbury because of the words. I care about the words. My favorite song is the guy asked, show me a sign to Hashem. He says, show me a sign. He wants to see Hashem. I want to see you. I want to know that you love me because I want to have faith. Show me a sign. Then he says, I came to Waterbury. You brought me to a place. Laughter, positivity, friendship. You showed me a sign. What an intelligent guy. He feels that when I experience love, hey, somebody arranged this. Hey, the right people in my life. Hey, hey, Hashem put people in my life. Hey, you think? There's a director and an organizer and an arranger. <laughs> the chances, 20 years ago, 18 years ago, the chances of us all sitting on a, in farmland in Durham, Connecticut, the amounts of figures. It's Dr. Rabbi orchestrating, arranging, taking care of. So we can sense that Hashem cares about me. Are there challenges in this world? Yes, yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. It's a world of challenges. Yes, yes, yes. It's a world of challenges. That's true. That's true. But He gives us many, many opportunities to see He loves us. Do we understand everything? No, Hashem's a little smarter. We haven't built people and giving them eyesight. We've never made a pair of eyes in our life. Hashem is smarter. Do we understand all this cheshbonus? No. But to sense and to see and experience, I just played a delicious volleyball game with some of the nicest guys in the world. Yassi Klein was dunking away. He was, I didn't realize what a good volleyball player the guy was. Excellent. Geschmack. Geschmack. Bunch of friendships. Delicious. We could feel Hashem's love and experience faith. We could then tap into faith. Let's learn some parsha, my friends. But I did want to get, express that to the Hebrew. Okay, so now we spoke politics. Two days, I don't know what's happening here for a guy not into politics. Two days in a row, Imamish pounded elections and politics. Okay. Parsha's Vayera. It's a parsha. It's 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 a parsha that I wait. I wait every year for this week's Parsha's Vayera. I would like to speak about different components of kindness of Chesed, and 
there's so much to study in Avram Avinu. I want to I speak now about two points, about Avram Avinu's chesed, two points. Point number one that exists in Avram Avinu's chesed. We all know Avram is nice to people. Avram Avinu is nice to people. That's chesed, chesed la Avram. And in Bayera it describes Avram Avinu's fiery chesed. Avram is possessed. He's running, he's flying around five times. He uses the word either rots or vayimaher. He runs and he's rushing. And we get a picture, Aaron, of a passionate goymol chesed, a passionate doer of, 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 of chesed. But there's something we speak about from the minute the guys walk into the yeshiva. I'm very against the attitude of be nice to people. Be nice to him. Guys, be nice to him. I'm very, very against that, extremely against that, Aaron. And I'm against it because Avram Avinu taught us the different brand of chesed. In this parsha, when Avram Avinu sees three idol worshippers, and he goes and is aggressively and wildly kind to them, this, the greatest of people, is flying around, giving them meat and delicious delicacies, tongue, good portion of tongue, with mustard, nonetheless, dipped in delicious mustard, delicious dish. And Avram Avinu is taking care of Shlomo, these travelers, but it's equally important to the acts of kindness is the attitude of Avram. There's actually a kindness that's actually hurtful. If we wanted to give like a cool name to the shir, we would ask, are, was Avram Avinu a liberal? Are us B'nai Avram liberals? And here is where I want to explain the real liberal and the real Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu does kindness, serious, serious kindness, intense kindness, powerful kindness, Avram overflowing kindness. But it's important, the word Avram Avinu says to these three angels, these three people that look like that appear to him as idol worshippers, the first word Avram says to them is Adonai, my master. He said Adonai, not plural, because he was talking to Gadol Shebehem. There was one of them that seemed to be the leader. The other two are with him. Derecheretz, you speak to the leader. So Avram Avinu spoke to them. There were three gentlemen Avram Avinu sees walking in the street, an apparent leader and his two followers. And Avram Avinu says to the leader, Adonai, my master. Now the Torah is, is every word is emes, is true. Avram sees idol worshippers and he says, my master, it's not just a word. It's not like a shtick to say something nice. If he said my master, so that's what Avram meant and that's what he thought. There's no words that are just said, they're all emes. Maisha emes v'sayrasa emes, every word's true. Avram Avinu said to the gentleman, my master, means he admired, it means he looked up, it means he looked up to that person. It means what the world saw as an idol worshiper, Avram Avinu saw something in the person that he said, my master, whoa, I'm, in I'm impressed by you, I look up to you. There was something about the person, Avram Avinu looked up. The chesed of Avram is the pshat that he valued people. That he admired people, Yosef. That there was something precious. It's not to be nice to that unfortunate. 
The Chesed Abraham Avinu taught us is not, listen, you fortunate person, be nice to the, look, he's such a nebach. He's such an unfortunate, could you be nice to him? That's not the kindness. By the way, that type of kindness buries a person. That's like a sinister kindness. If you're ever nice to a person who's a nebuch, it's sinister. You hurt the person. Oh, poor guy. You're like, you, you pity the guy. Very bad type of kindness. Nebuch. You invite a guy over to your house. It's like so, you're so, your heart bleeds for the guy. Nobody wants him. And you like grin and bear it. And you like put up with the weekend straight out of Gehenna. Because you feel so badly for this kid who nobody wants. Is so alone, so you have him for the weekend. Nebuch. Nebuch. That chesed hurts a person. That chesed, you further prove to the person they're not strong. They're not, they're such a nebuch. That's not a good type of chesed. I'm, I want to pause on that type of chesed. I want to tell you. If the guys will allow me, you're all going to be parents one day. If I can pause and tell you about a type of parent, talking about a bad chesed, Zevi lacks, I want you to hear this. I'm going to, I want to say to everybody here, I admire parents, and parents love their kids. I do not in my role sit here and look at this parent. Oh, no, bad. First of all, I see you guys, see your parents did tons right. You wouldn't be you if people didn't do a lot right. I am not the judge, sits back in my, in my armchair and sit in my throne and say, <laughs> and laugh at parents. Parents are wonderful people who love their kids, who are trying their best. They're humans. Do we all make mistakes? Yes. If ever we, we point out uh, something that a chizuk, parents are wonderful. They love us more than our friends, more than our Rebbe. Our parents love us. And I don't sit back mocking. I sit from an easier place. It's easier for somebody, as parents, we're all going to be parents. It's 24-7, the job of parenting. And we're human. We make mistakes. Sometimes somebody not in that situation can point out an observation to us, can help us do it a little better because they're not in it. I want to talk about a parenting mistake that I've seen a few times, once in a while. I want to describe it to you because it just fits into the conversation of bad chesed. Chesed born out of pity. I have seen a parent that cares like crazy about their kid and is nervous like crazy about their kid. They're always, maybe the mother, maybe the father has some anxiety and is always nervous and worried and caring. There's a word, there's, a, there's something in English called smothering with love. It's very nice you love, it's very nice you're nervous, you know you're smothering the person. And you're taking away their confidence, by the way. You're, you're literally stealing the confidence of the person. You're showing them they're not capable. I'm worried, does he have friends? This You're causing him not to have friends. He's cool, he's geschmack. What do you, what do you want from me? I'm just worried. Control your worries. Stop it. You're actually hurting your child. You're smothering him. You're controlling him. And you're also teaching him how incapable he is. So it looks like chesed, but it's chesed from pity, from a nebuch, from... I've had parents ask me, could I hire a dorm counselor to look after my son? Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. What do you mean? It's sad, but I'm so nervous. That's the problem that you're so nervous. 
Show confidence. Show, nobody needs to be hired to be friendly with your son. He's good looking, charismatic, cool, smart, and fun. Show belief. Stop being so nervous. You can have a chesed that hurts. It's chesed. I'm doing, I'm caring, I'm taking care. You're smothering. You're teaching incompetence. You're, you're, you're proving to somebody they're in Ebuch. Now, often that just comes from anxieties. Good, so you have to get your anxieties under control. Don't kill your son because of your anxieties. Be confident. Be optimistic. Your son's wonderful and capable. Don't prove to him he's incapable. There's a bad type of chesed that could be damaging, that could be hurtful. I thought it would be such a cool thing. We once made a video that's an instruction book for parents and parents' mistakes. To me, like you'd have parent stereotype. One, that, the smothering mom or dad, who means so well and is doing so much, they'll spend endless money, endless things, and all their kindness is hurting, is damaging. It's not showing belief and confidence. You're smothering somebody, controlling, teaching incompetence instead of giving com- a confidence. He's got it. He could take care of it. So the point being, Rabbi said that not all chesed, not all chesed is so right. The chesed we learned from Avram Avinu starts that he looks at these three idol worshippers and he says, Adonai, my master, you're amazing people. Avram Avinu's chesed comes from a belief in somebody, I hold of you. I'm dazzled by you. I want to, can I help you? Can I do for you? That's Avram Avinu's chesed. That's the chesed that Avram Avinu taught us. The chesed of valuing people. The chesed of holding of somebody stark. I have seen two types of rebbeim. I have seen a rebbe who's a talented, successful guy. And his attitude and the sense of the rebbe is me the successful, talented guy, and you guys are lucky. I take time out of my life for you. I've seen that type of ad. That's not Avram Avinu, I promise. That's an attitude of Mr. Successful. That, that Rebbe gives off a lot after all I do for you guys. The sense, and then there's a different type of Rebbe. The different type of Rebbe who feels so fortunate. You precious person, I get to learn with you. I get to interact. Like, I don't know, why was I Zeiche? I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to describe it. Russ is not here. Shaloi Bifanam, I'm allowed to describe it. That's Avram Avinu. That's Avram Avinu. The sense of valuing a person. The sense of belief. Avram Avinu says to these guys, not I nebuch, I pity you. Read the kindness of Avram Avinu. He says, I beg you, I'm like so taken by you guys. Could I have you in my house? You know when you invite a bacher to your house? When, you know what a guy says, when Mo Yorolovsky says, I'll come over to your house. You know, you're fired up. That's the chesed of Avram, my friends. My house? <laughs> you, know, you know the coolest guy in yeshiva says, walks up to you, he saunters over, he's like the star, you know, on varsity, he's the coolest guy. Maybe he's like Shem and Kapelowitz, he does flips and Zachen. He walks up, the guy says, Zevi, a picture of Zevi walks up to you, Zevi Lax comes up to you, and sheepishly says to you, do you mind if I come to your house? You're like intimidated, you're like, no, I don't mind. Like, you're like dying to ask him, you didn't build up the guts. 
and the guy sheepishly says, can I come over to your house? You're like, yeah. That's Avram Avinu's chesed, my friends. That's Avram, the Torah describes it. We're just so used to it. We learn it yearly. Do you understand Avram's chesed? The three Oibdei Avodizara. This is what Hashem describes to us, and we are capable of this. And this is Avram Avinu's kindness. The three Oibdei Avodizara. Avram Avinu walks up, and he says, He's like sheepishly, Adonai, my masters. These are not words that are said. This is an attitude. This is emes. Avram Avinu says, It would mean so much to me. Is there any way you're Eved? I feel I'm, there's something about you I look up to. Is your Eved have any shot here? That is the chesed. That's the legacy of Avram Avinu's chesed. That's the chesed we're striving for. It's a much more sophisticated brand of chesed, much more sophisticated. IES dorm counts have a tough job, tough, to, very tough. They're going up to a bachman, sometimes enforcing things that are very hard. There are a lot of guys in yeshiva, every, nobody likes when a bang's taken away, nobody, nobody, nobody likes that. But there are bachrim, there are two types of guy you have to be aware of as well. There's one guy who authority heard him. In first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, authority hurt him a lot. He was, what was his crime? He was energetic. And he was considered a bad kid because he's energetic. He wasn't blessed to be a goody-goody. He had energy. He wasn't some evil, but he was the kid. Shah, quiet. And teachers walked, he walked through and said, oh, no. That wasn't by his choice at all. And you can imagine he's been hurt by authority. You walk up and rightfully take a bang, but you are representing years of somebody who was hurt by authority. You are just another line. Picture his, what he's feeling, what he's experiencing. There's another guy who for years has been anxious and worried and uncomfortable for years. And his only friend in planet Earth was marijuana. It's the only thing in the world that understood him and understood his discomfort and his awkwardness. And in, he thinks it's his only friend and it's his best friend. And he's holding on for dear life. When you take his bang, you are cutting off his arm. You have to, but you're cutting off his arm. Saying, I'm just going to take your arm, please. Just relax. I'm just, you're slicing. You're slicing with a saw's arm. And you're taking his arm from him. That's what you are doing. Now, Kalish says you have to. He smokes indoors. That's your job. But understand, there's a guy you are slicing his arm with. Because it was, it was his only, it was him. There was nothing but marijuana that's ever understood him. There's nothing that ever helped him. There's nothing that ever was there with him in all his uncomfortableness, in all his anxieties, in all the chaos that's functioning in his life and in his brain. And the only thing that made any sense was marijuana. And you take it away, you're literally slicing off his arm. Understand it. The kindness of Avram, the kindness of Avram is to appreciate a person, is to walk up with a sense of respect and dignity and understand Adonai, my master, my master, and then deal accordingly. We're capable of that. If we think, if we assess, if we can get past stupid superficialities, we're capable of seeing what Avram Avinu saw. What brilliantly one of the Hevri here called the eyes of God, I believe it was Chaim, of seeing with the eyes of God, of seeing what Hashem sees. We're capable of seeing the world that Hashem sees. 
understand when you see somebody is bad, you are not seeing them the way Hashem sees them, which means objectively you are wrong. But we're capable of seeing with the eyes of Hashem. This chesed is not a separate din, this chesed. This is intrinsic in the chesed of Avram Avinu. The parsha so clearly, we're so sophisticated today. We need all different types. Read the parsha's Vayera. Read how Avram Avinu's reaction to three Oivdei This is where we come from. And he looks him in the eyes, Adonai, my master. With such a respect, with such a dignity, with such a sense, you beast, you precious person. It would mean the world to me if you can come to my house. That was Avram Avinu's chesed. That's the defining of Avram. Now how we can get there, and let's say we don't feel in on somebody, is an important question. But, but we have a job for us. We have a job. How Avram Avinu's chesed. This is how Avram Avinu's chesed played out. He valued and respected and appreciated people. And in a massive appreciation of people said, is it possible being like my honor to serve you? I want this. I want this. It would be such a boost for me. If you would just let me, if you'd but come to my house, delicious. Now, I admit that we have to be sophisticated and there's much work to attain the chesed of Avram. But I also say it's inside of us. What we're striving for is the chesed of Avram. When guys describe Waterbury and say people are nice to each other, it's not what's happening. People respect each other. People respect each other. There's a, what, what dominates the yeshiva's respect. Another guy is good. He's delicious. I love this scene of a guy tells his mother, this is like a Waterbury conversation. Like a mother might say, you know, stay away. I noticed that guy. You know, in, in a nice way, the mother doesn't know him. And the kids, my, you don't get it. He's such a goodie. My, you don't get it. I know, I know he has an earring in his ear. I know he looks ridiculous with that silly earring. Ma, I promise you he's so much more than the earring. I promise you, I promise. The earring he's hurt, he's, making, he's, he's paying back his fourth grade rabbi. Let him get back. It was there. But he's, there's something to him. He's sophisticated. There's something to the guy. There's something to the guy. There's so much to him. That conversation, there's certain conversations that are like spitz yeshiva. Spitz. The respect, the dignity, a person is a good person. If you watch Rabbi Russ, his impact on a bacher is with what? With his eyes. He changes lives with his eyes. Because he looks at a guy and he values him. Your life has changed. He lays his eyes on a bacher and he likes to know. There's no, he just feels lucky to be a friend. Like, that's it. He's lucky. You're his Rebbe. He's lucky. A guy has changed. There are hundreds of eyes here. There's the eyes of God live here. The people see it as a good guy, he's a goodie. It's a good person. That's Avram, that's the legacy of Avram. Adonai, my master. That's the chesed we strive for. It's a much more sophisticated kindness. It's not being nice to Yenna Gavra. Nice to the kids. You know, it's like an adi- the secular attitude, let's be nice to the kids. You walk up to the guy and the guide says, pat him on the back and say, nice kid, nice boy, nice kid. <laughs> that's not the chesed of Avram Avinu. That's... That's secular kindness. The kindness of Avram Avinu is the most profound. Adonai. He looks a guy in the face and says, Adonai. I want to speak one more point of kindness 
Really, I should stop here because it's late already. We, we, we will right after have a quick, we have many for Menachem before a second Seder. I want to say one more point that it's worth to come to Yeshiva for this point. Everybody, if you don't listen to one word, for this I ask for complete focus. This is, I, it's, I really like, it's hard to me that I waited to say this to the end. I really wanted to speak about this today, Musser, but I had to get the election stuff in. And then the type of chesed is, is, is a basic to the yeshiva. Please listen to this, Yitzla. This is why Ellie Richman came to yeshiva. Please listen. Avram Avinu is a middle of, he has a visit from God. Now, respect, kavod, is one of the most important themes of all our lives, respect. We're talking about respecting people. Kavod is one of the most important themes of our life. Anybody, the main recipe, Shimon, listen to me, the main recipe for success in life is respect. Respect that which deserves to be respected. Put things in order. If there's an elderly person, stand up. Show respect, they're elderly. If a parent, show respect. They gave birth to you, they brought you to this earth. Show respect. Respect, order, who comes first. If you're in the middle of talking to somebody, don't stop and take a phone call, it's not respectful. If you ask Rishos, maybe you say, do you mind? I feel badly. Respect, dignity. Show dignity. There are orders of preference. You're in the middle of this. You don't stop for that. There are rules to these things. You show respect. You're in the middle of prayers. You don't talk in the middle of prayers. I'm praying to God. Respect, simple respect. Respect is very important. You're in the middle of prayers. Don't, don't be schmoozing. I'm in the middle of prayers. I'm talking to Hashem. Remind yourself, I'm talking to God. It's not, I have to show respect. Hashem, kavod. Respect. Avram Avinu, Hashem appears to Avram. You can't make this up. He says to Hashem, Avram Avinu says, Vayoymer, and we're learning Rashi's second pshat. He says, Hashem, if I please, if you don't mind, please don't leave me, but I have to greet some guests. Chutzpah! Chutzpah! Hashem is talking to you. It's not okay. Avram Avinu does... One of the most chutzpahdika acts in history. He says, God, do you mind waiting a couple of minutes? I'm just, just going to take care of something. There are a few people here. Chutzpah! Chutzpah! It's, it's, it's wild. The greatest person, Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu says to Hashem, do you mind waiting a minute? <laughs> Hashem, I just want to take you. What a chutzpah. You don't tell Hashem, wait a minute. Priority. I want you to know something. I love chasnas. I love them. Last night was delightful. And we meet years of, of Bachram who learned to... I don't... The word alumni is a stupid word. The, the B'nai Tair, we meet the guys who built the yeshiva. We meet the guys, B'nai Tair, want beautiful, but you spend time, you schmooze, you dance, you sing. The chasnas are beautiful. If my father's at a wedding, the entire wedding changes in this brain. I love hanging with you. My father comes first. My tat is there! I don't say, I'm busy now. My father brought me to this earth. I only have a brain and hands and a mouth to have friends because of my dad. Priorities, I don't say, I don't, dad, I'm busy now. My father comes first. My father comes first. My father's there. My father's at a wedding. My entire brain changes at the wedding. And I'm thinking about my father and being with him and schmoozing with him, trying to stand next to him. My father's here. Avram is with Hashem. You know, we're not like any, you know, you know what a guy says, no disrespect meant, what's he about to do? 
<laughs> you know when a guy says no offense, he's going to offend you. No disrespect, he's not going to slap you. Just brace, put up your hands like in a boxing match. If a guy says no disrespect, like get ready, brace yourself. He's about to disrespect you like you've never been disrespected before. <laughs> A bacher came, I was standing right by the bima. A bacher walked in and said, good morning, Daniel. So I said, good morning. Said, good morning. He said, I just wanted to see in your eyes what would you do if I said your name. I thought that was so cool. <laughs> he didn't say no disrespect. I thought it was geschmack. He said, I wanted this. He said, you did look a little surprised. I said, you think? <laughs> he said, you did look a little surprised. <laughs> geschmack. Right at the base match, right at the bima. Said, good morning, Daniel. So I said good morning back. I didn't think I looked. He must have like saw something. First. <laughs> a guy says no disrespect is going to disrespect you. The kids at Dvar Rabbi say, what do you mean you say Tashem? What does that mean you say Tashem? What does that mean? What does that mean you say Tashem that one minute Hashem? What is it? I, what, how do you even understand this? So Chazal are bothered by this. And Chazal say a line that it's bigger, is bigger than Kabbalah's Pnei Ashchina. Greeting guests is bigger than greeting Hashem. What are Chazal saying, my friends? What does it mean? What are Chazal saying? What does it mean greeting guests is bigger than greeting Hashem? Any mitzvah is a connection to Hashem. But I'm, I'm like, with Hashem? What does that mean even? I'm with Hashem. He's talking to Hashem. A mitzvah is only that. What does it mean? And I want to say to everybody here like this. If Molyar Olavsky comes out, Molyar, we start schmoozing. In the middle, I'm just, I'm just like excited. I just run over and tackle him with a hug. That's not a chutzpah to Molyar. Instead of talking to him, I can hug him. That's not... A guy walks in, you're excited. Yitzhi Hertz joined the yeshiva. So Yitzhi Shmuza. Then I just run over and I give him a bear hug. Did I interrupt? Did I, the only thing better than talking to him is I hugged him like a pashat. We interrupted the conversation for a hug. That's not a chutzpah. You're talking Tashem. You can't say Tashem. Wait a minute. Do anything on planet Earth. I promise. There's no such thing. God, just, you know, have something else. The only you could do is you could hug and kiss Hashem. There you go, Hashem. When it says, Chazal say, that greeting guests, that, that greeting guests takes precedence over Kabbalah's Pnei Ashchina, Chazal are saying that talking to Hashem is wonderful, but hug Hashem. And you hug Hashem, you see, in our physical world, closeness is proximity. I'm close to David Hill if I'm standing next to you. In the world of Ruchni, is closeness is similarity, is being the same. You can only, you're talking to Hashem, the only place from there is to hug Hashem. You hug Hashem by being like and be kind to another Yid. You didn't interrupt talking to Hashem, you became godly. You became mamish like Hashem. You hug the Yid. Greeting another Yid is mutter. You could say to Hashem, one second Hashem, I want to hug you. Can I give you a hug? That's not disrespectful to Hashem. I know we're talking about I want, I want closer yet. So what do you, how do you hug Hashem? Be nice to another Yid. Be like Hashem. Be godly. See good in another Yid. Your mamish just hugged Hashem. Yeah, you gain the eyes of God. Your mamish were godly. Where's Valachta Betrachav? You acted like Hashem. You can only interrupt. 
being with Hashem. You can only interrupt being with Hashem when you, when you actually act like you give Him a hug. So that's not a chutzpah at all. Hashem, do you mind if I give you a quick hug? <laughs> Hashem's no problem. Okay. That's not disrespectful. We were talking. I just want to go in for the hug. Yeah, it's a little... You hug me. Disrespect? You hug me? We were in the middle of talking. <laughs> I just wanted more. I wanted to hug you. Greeting people, being godly, is, is deeper yet. I always love the rush. The rush says, everybody knows that it's a chumrah. After you wash, there's a lot of mistakes. People, while they're washing, talk. You're not allowed to talk while you wash. Zero. While you're washing, it's us to talk till after you dry your hand. After you dry your hand and you've watched, it's better not to talk. It's not us, sir. Guy talks, everybody says, shh. First of all, it's us, sir, to embarrass guy. You say shot to guy, you didn't have a guy talked after he washed. It's not it's better not to talk. The shah was an Avera, the talking was garnished. Big stunk. It's time, it's better not to talk. You're supposed to focus near and you don't want to touch something. It's better after you wash. It's nachain, it's right not to talk. Don't talk. While you're washing, you're not to talk. You have to wash again. Till your hands are dry. Once your hands are dry, now you're going to make the amites. It's nachain not to talk. But if, you, if I see somebody walks into the room I haven't seen in a year, I promise you I'm greeting him. Of course. <laughs> you know, there's no priorities. It's nachai not to talk, but there's no way I'm seeing Yetzi Hertz walks in. hug. You're allowed to talk. You're to talk. We just, we don't know priorities. I'm hugging Hashem, I promise you. A, a, a guy came in. I'm not going to greet him. Somebody walks in the house and everybody washed already. He says, Shalom Aleichem. And then you make a mitzi. It's nachai not to talk. But if for yid you haven't seen in a long time, that there's no heter not to greet the yid. No, it's not mutter. It's, uh, that's mamish. Who, what world, what planet do you live in? A yid walked in, you give him a varma greeting. Of course. Of course, pashat. It's the varm shutim. You say, there's, there's a guy who a few times a year pops in my house. He lives in Connecticut. Oh, my, she's not here. He lives in... Um, I, I, I recall issues. He lives in a place in Connecticut, Newtown, Connecticut. Lives in Newtown, Connecticut. In a col- he's a very, like, he, he's a builder and he looks like a builder. He's a shtickle built like a brick, an old man. He, yeah, him and his what, Robinson. And they pop into mass like three times, they just pop in. He pops in. He pops in. He pops in. Does, if he pops in after we all wash, you say, not while you're washing in, they're dry. It's not not to talk, but you have no head not to greet a yid. The, the, the rush says, the Ravadi, you say, Shalom Aleichem, you give him a hug. Then you get back to the job at hand. Don't touch anything. Make sure. And then you make a mercy. Quick, quick. But greeting a yid, welcoming a yid, your mamish hugging Hashem. Your mamish hugging Hashem. So that's what it means when Chazal say that you could be talking to Hashem and it's greater Kabbalah Savarachim of greeting guests and greeting people, it means that being like Hashem is a hug to Hashem. That's the greatest kirvis Hashem, be godly. So I say to us all, well, let's practice the chesed Avraham Avinu taught us. That's our kirvis Hashem that we shayach to. Let's practice Avraham Avinu's kindness hard. But it's a kindness we have to practice, we have to work on. It's a sophisticated kindness. It's a kindness to our roommates and not Yen and Nebuch. You're not tigers. You have to practice seeing good things, noticing good things, respecting a person. Once we respect, all the dorm counselors have no chance, and they're, they're, they're hired because they're good at this. But the only eights is to hold myrdic of a person. Then I talk as you have to take something or take it away, holding a felt to the guy. You're, like an, oh, you're not intimidated. You're not afraid of a person because he's a malach. 
Why would you be afraid of an angel? But from the angel, you do got to protect him. He's on shoulder, I push it. I'm blushing a little bit. I do have to take you, Zach. I'm hired for a job. Manasa, Lamaisa, you're going to shut the yeshiva down. So you do a Nazar respectful way, you cut off his arm. But it's his arm, Pashat, maybe, sometimes. And it's Pashat, he's been hurt by authority, but this authority holds him. This authority is intimidated by him. But Abin Narvas, you know, if you, we, we need to keep this yeshiva open. So it has to be done in that manner of coming. Rabbi said, I want us to say that we have an army here, we're Avram Avinu's army. So let's go out to be mechabed, the next person. The kindness that comes from respect. The kindness that's preceded. Adonai, my master. You precious person. Let's practice the chesed of Avram. We're going to have second say.